All right, friends, feel free to bring your donut inside. Yes, we're giving you permission to eat it in here. Grab a lid for your coffee. And this morning, grab your Bibles or your phones and turn to Psalm 63. That's right, you heard me, Psalm 63. We are taking a break from Luke. We love Luke, we really do. But today we're gonna read from Psalm 63. Let's see what David has to say. Feel free to follow along in your Bible or on the screen. Verse one, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Psalm 63. This morning, I'd like to talk to us about the default in the desert. Each one of us will go through spiritual deserts, seasons that feel so unwelcoming to our spiritual lives and oftentimes strike fear into our hearts. But could it be that these seasons, these seasons of dryness are actually invitations for us to fully lean on Holy Spirit and the redeeming power that resides within us. But to start, what is a spiritual desert? Biblical scholar Mark Hutado says that the wilderness is a place where we experience isolation, separation from family, friends, the worshiping community, and seemingly even God himself. The wilderness is a place where we experience desolation, joylessness, disconsolation, sorrow, confusion, loneliness, barrenness, and lifelessness. I found that there are typically two kinds of spiritual deserts, God-led deserts and self-led deserts. Now in God-led deserts, we find ourselves facing circumstances that we did not create. Somewhere in God's mystery and in his perfect timing, we're looking at things and we know that he's at work, but based on the circumstances, we're feeling these real feelings that Futado is listing, joyless, isolated, confused. This could be a loss of a loved one, a season of waiting, where deep down, you know that God is at work, but for some reason, it's feeling dry. And these seasons are really interesting because even though it might feel dry, in these God-led deserts, God actually removes other comforts and idols so that we can only depend on him. There are also self-led deserts, and these come about because of our own sin and fleshly decisions and I don't know about you, but the word desert kind of scares me sometimes. Like I think of a desert and I think big and lonely and dry. And so when I think of a self-led desert, I would quickly assume that I have to take part in this huge sin in order 
to lead myself to this huge desert, but actually, sometimes, it can be the not so seemingly effective choices that we make and the small idols that we place before the Lord that leave us feeling lifelessness, joyless, just because of these small decisions or big decisions that we take part in. What is our default? When we find ourselves in these seasons of dryness, what is our natural inclination? Let's switch things up. Let's have a little fun. Let's think of what not to do in a spiritual desert, the opposite. When we find ourselves in these seasons, in these wildernesses, instead of seeking the Lord, we tend to run away. Friends, you and I both know how tempting this world can be, amen? We both know how easy it is to reach for comfort. Me, personally, my comfort is laying in bed under my heated blanket with my Chipotle in hand watching TV for the rest of the day. Anyone with me? <laughs> that is a way that I can quickly, instead of seeking the Lord, I seek comfort. It's so easy. Food, drinks, TV, media, agendas, people filling up our agendas, anything to quench that dryness. But you and I also know that these do not last. And these temporary comforts, these temporary satisfactions do not lead us out of that dryness. Now, in Psalm 63, David here actually finds himself in a literal desert. To give you some context, David was the second king of Israel, and you can read about that in First and Second Samuel. And David has lived a wild life. <laughs> and he currently, not currently, back in the day when he was writing the Psalm 63, <laughs> he found himself in a literal desert because his own son, Absalom, was running after him, trying to kill him and steal his throne. And his own son and his army were running after him. And so in Psalm 63, he finds himself not only in a literal desert, but in a God-led desert. He doesn't know how to face these circumstances in front of him. And he walks us through this beautiful glimpse of what he does. And he actually gives us some tools so we can learn from David and from scripture, how we can get through these deserts. But before we look at that, I'd love to remind us with this truth. Jesus redeems our spiritual deserts. Jesus redeems our spiritual deserts. We look at the life of Jesus. His life and his ministry were led with the most sacrificial love that you and I will ever know. And he himself, Jesus, walked through the ultimate spiritual deserts so that he could fight for us in ours today, right here, right now. All throughout scripture, a couple examples, Matthew verse four, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Later in Matthew, we read that this was actually when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and his soul felt so deeply sorrowed. He tells his disciples, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. He so greatly felt this deep lifelessness, and he later experienced this lifelessness as he was hung on a cross. Jesus defeated the ultimate spiritual desert so that he could fight for us in our today, and he went through the ultimate spiritual desert so that we can fully depend on and collapse into his spirit today 
right here, right now. So with this truth, as we're holding on to that, let's look at Psalm 63 and see what tools of waiting, tools of help that David gives us in Psalm 63. The first tool he gives us is to seek. Right away, David chooses to seek the Lord even in the dryness of his circumstances. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I love these words that he's using. Earnestly I seek you. My whole being longs for you. Have you ever just craved something so much your whole being is longing? I'm assuming that David is thirsty. <laughs> in a dry land where there is no water, his whole being is so thirsty, but he's channeling that, and he's saying, Lord, I choose to seek you. Whatever I'm facing, whatever desert I'm walking into, I choose to seek you. In those times of frustration, in those times of dryness, when your whole being just wants to grab that comfort, when your whole being, you, you feel the dust in your eyes, it's in the back of your throat, call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord in these dry seasons of our lives. And the cool thing is, when we seek the Lord, he actually promises us that we will find him. All throughout scripture, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Lamentations 3, 25, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Psalm 9, 10, those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. This is so beautiful as we seek the Lord he promises us that we will find him. As we keep going, as we seek the Lord, David also encourages us to remember what the Lord has done. Verse 2, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Now the sanctuary that David is referring to is the tabernacle, the place of worship where he has tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. He keeps going. Verse 6, on my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Does anyone else just ever lay in bed, can't sleep, and you're just thinking and thinking and thinking? Okay, bear with me here, ready? The nighttime means that it's dark, right? Which means that it's quiet. And that quietness can get real loud. And right there, right in that quietness, David is encouraging us to remember the Lord. One commentator states, David remembers the Lord's past acts and draws comfort during the night when the shadows of adversity haunt him. In our spiritual deserts, when the night is drawing near and that quietness is getting really loud, remember what the Lord is doing in your life. Me, personally, I sometimes have to do this out loud. I sometimes literally will lay in bed or even driving. Those weird 15-minute intervals you have after a long day, you could turn on music, you could call a friend, you could do anything but those weird pockets of time when you're just thinking and thinking and thinking. I say out loud, Lord, how are you working in my life? Lord, would you remind me what you have done in my day? This, you guys, this is such an awesome opportunity to rely on the people around us. Hey, will you remind me what the Lord is doing? Hey, tell me about what the Lord is doing in your life. Look at pictures, journals. Anyone else like to journal? I love journaling, and I love, I actually recently just found my old journals. 
And it's so cool to read your own handwriting, to see and remember, reflect on how the Lord has brought you through past deserts. So cool. Do this out loud. As we reflect and remember what the Lord has done and is doing in our lives, we reach this point where we can't help but praise him. We cannot help but praise him, even in the midst of our spiritual deserts. Verse 3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied, as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. David knows the love of the Lord, and he knows, he knows that his love is better than a good meal. And I love a good meal. Amen? And I, you, many of you, so graciously have had me over to your home and have prepared beautiful meals for me. And I have heard from multiple of you how much you love, how much I love a good meal. You love that I love it. And I love that. And I receive that, thankfully. But David, David knows this. David knows a good meal. And he knows that the love of the Lord is better than life. And his lips will glorify him. He keeps going. Verse 7, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. I think of a child clinging to his mom, right? There's safety there. We are so safe as the Lord is upholding us. How cool is this? That we can actually cling to the Lord. We are safe with the Lord. And when I think of praise, the word that comes to mind is pause. To praise the Lord is to pause, to look around me, look at the dust, look at the desert, no matter how you got there. Pause and see that the Lord is upholding you. And because of that, because of that truth, that his right hand, his right hand is the hand of honor. And it's upholding us. Praise him. Pause and say, thank you, Jesus, for upholding me. No matter what I'm facing, no matter these circumstances, I know that my God is upholding me. Simply a thank you. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue through this journey, right? So we're seeking the Lord, and as we seek him, he promises us that we will find him. We start to remember what the Lord has done in our lives, which allows us to praise and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for upholding me. The fourth tool starts to become pretty essential, and this is where it gets fun. David encourages us, he ends Psalm 63 by declaring who God is and the power that he will bring. Verse 9, those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. Can I just say, I love how David writes. He is so funny sometimes because he'll start the psalm. He leads me beside peaceful waters. He restores my soul. And literally the next verse, those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. It's so dramatic. But there's actually great reason for this dramatic tone in David's writing. Because at this point, as he's trekking through this desert, I literally picture David just trekking through this desert, wiping the dust off of his face. He is pumped up right now. Amen? He's seeking the Lord. He's remembering who he is. He's praising him. And at this point, 
He's getting loud. He's saying, my enemies will be destroyed. Those who want to kill me will go down to the depths of the earth. He is pumped up. I think of a basketball team, right, in the green, green room, in the locker room before a big game. And I'm a music person. I'm sorry. Green room, locker room. You think of a basketball team, right? Right before a big game, they're not sitting there with arms around each other. Aw, this is so nice. It's great to be here. We have this awesome opportunity. No, they are getting loud. They're saying, let's get this W. I think that's what they say now. I don't know. But this is our chance to get loud. This is such a cool opportunity because, because of the power of Christ and because of that truth that we're holding on to, that Jesus redeems our spiritual deserts, we can actually declare to that desert who our God is. And we can declare to the enemy who our God is and the power that our God will bring. And we can even declare this to ourselves. David actually does this in Psalm 42, verse 5. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Declare to your desert, declare to the enemy, Declare to yourself who your God is. Friends, this is our chance to get loud before the Lord. Declare who he is. I love these four tools. Seek, remember, praise, declare. I love that these four tools don't depend on us. But actually, we depend on the Holy Spirit. And it's very easy to think that Especially if we get ourselves in this mess, it's easy to think, oh, I have to get myself out of this mess. No matter how I found myself in this desert, I have to be the one who gets out of it. We think, I do this a lot, where I put things in equations. I sometimes genuinely think that God and his redeeming power plus my efforts equals no more desert. But can I encourage us and remind us this morning that it's not about our efforts at all. Our efforts do not depend on these four tools, but we, before we even look at what David is saying, before we even seek the Lord, before we remember him, praise him, declare who he is, we are invited to rely on the Holy Spirit. When we don't have anything left, when these tools seem pretty impossible, it's really easy to say, yeah, Ellie, I can put these on a sticky note. Easy, got it. But friends, it's in that moment, right there, when the dust is in your eyes, it's in the back of your throat, and we forget what David is saying, we are invited to rely fully on the Holy Spirit. And instead of equations, instead of thinking about the answer in our own minds, simply, it's as simple as this. The answer, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I'm desperate for you. It's not a God then me type of situation. It's God in me. God dwelling in me, working through me, which allows me to praise him. God's spirit dwelling within me, working through me, allows me to seek him, allows me to remember what he's done, allows me to declare who he is. Cling to him. Depend on him. Let him fight for you. Jesus defeated the ultimate spiritual desert so that 
we can breathe. We talk a lot about our ABCs here at Movement Church to acknowledge the Lord, to look around and see what he's doing in our lives, to breathe, to simply just pause, and to collapse into his spirit. It was 2019 when I, I literally, I thought I was the coolest person in the world because I was just finishing up my freshman year of college, right? And I was so cool. Freshman year was under my belt. Exams were wrapping up. And right around the end of April, my grandma passed away. And I remember it was such a weird time in my life. It was so, it was really, I was not doing well because I, I will never do this again, I hope. But I was later that summer working at a summer camp to go be a camp counselor because that's what you do in college. I'll do that again. But before, I had one month where I was just trying to fill the time. So I decided to work on the housekeeping crew at my university, cleaning up after hundreds of college students. It was, guys, it was the weirdest time in my life. My grandma had just passed away. I was stuck cleaning toilets for a month and I was just waiting, I was just waiting to get to camp. And I remember I was so frustrated. I was so upset, I was so sad, I was grieving this loss. The doubts were flooding in. Why didn't I pour more into our relationship? Why did you know, I have to take my grandma now? Why am I, you know, all these doubts, all these thoughts. And at one point, I got home from my housekeeping job and I sat on my bedroom floor and I just wept. I had nothing left, nothing. I wasn't even frustrated anymore. I, was bar I barely had any words to say to the Lord. I was done. I was so numb. And as I sat there weeping, something in my heart spewed out of my mouth and I simply said, Holy Spirit, I need you. Spirit, I need you. It's in that moment, before we even practice any of the tools, before we pull anything out of our toolbox, it's in that moment. When you're sitting on your bedroom floor weeping before the Lord, all you have to do is lean into him. Lean into him. Cling to the Lord. Jesus defeated went through the ultimate spiritual desert. So in those moments, no matter how we got to that desert, we can say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I'm desperate for you. Friends, this is such an awesome opportunity. And this is something that I'm continuing to learn is a moment by moment type of thing. Sometimes spiritual deserts can be really big and really scary, but sometimes it can simply be a dry spot in your day.
us who might be walking through these spiritual deserts, might be walking through dry patches, whether it's something we run into in our day or whether it's circumstances in front of us that we don't know how to approach. This is so, I love that we, as we stand and as we look around at one another, friends, this is the body of Christ. And we have the opportunity. We don't have to do this alone. We don't have to do this alone. There are a room full of people here who would love to help you through these spiritual deserts as we remind each other to rely on the fullness of the Lord and his spirit that is dwelling within us right here, right now. Let's pray. Jesus, we stand in awe of who you are. We stand in awe of your goodness, of your presence. Thank you. I don't know if I'll ever have the words to fully say thank you for defeating the ultimate spiritual deserts so that you could fight for us right here, right now. Lord, thank you. Thank you that the same spirit that helped you and rose you from the dead is living within us right here, right now. And simply, all we have to say is, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I'm desperate for you. Lord, would you show us what this looks like? I pray for my brothers and sisters standing with me this morning, for those of us walking through these dry seasons, walking through circumstances that we're not sure what the next move is. Lord, would your message of hope this morning be simply to call upon your Holy Spirit, to call upon your name. Thank you that we can do this in each and every moment. Would you show us what this looks like? We love you so much. Jesus' name.